Hello and welcome to Elegant with the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Abdullah, and today I'm joined by Introduce Yourself. Hi, I'm Jamie Kelton. And um, the by the time this come this episode drops, the Cookie Run dub will be out, and you would have probably heard Jamie's character, and you would have probably decided to hated it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so how did um, how did Cookie Run come about? Um. Well, my agent sent me in for it, and uh, I booked it. That's that's basically how it came about. <laughs> All right, episode over. Thank you so much. For... Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not much to it. I sent in my audition, and they liked it, and I became Custard Cookie the Third. Now, why would you say you hated him? Because <laughs> I'm I'm making a joke about like you know people not liking. Um, certain characters and they're like oh this character is so annoying let's just switch it back to you know this character is so annoying in English let's switch it back to Japanese or whatever oh well I hope that doesn't happen with mine <laughs> well, you never know in internet's a weird weird place where I mean it's great where people can have express their opinions but sometimes it's you know yeah <laughs> yeah the internet can be full of trolls I know it well <laughs> So, like, when when you were cast as as your character, like, what did they want exactly for him? Well, you know, when it comes to video game auditions, they don't really they don't give you the name of the project. They, you know, it's very confidential, and so they just basically it was a totally different name, you know. And they told me um, that this was a a very earnest, very. Um, enthusiastic young boy who has aspirations of becoming king and that's basically what the character description was i mean i'm paraphrasing like crazy because it was a while ago but it was something like that something to that extent and how did you approach that um so usually when i get copy and i get a character um i i will read through the script a couple times and just kind of think to myself I, I have to come up with the character in my head. So I will come up with what I think this character looks like in my head before I start trying to voice it. And once I have an image of who this person is, you know, and thinking about the, the, the character description they've given me, what this person cares about, what is their motivation for, for why they're speaking, then I start trying out voices and I read through it. I read through it a couple times. I record it a couple times. I listen back until I find the voice that that feels right and sounds right to me. And usually I know when when I hit the voice, when I get it, I, I know it and I know that's it. And then I take a take and I send it in. And did you um, were there any character inspirations for for that specific care, uh, voice or did you just create one by your on your own? I mean, He's definitely, I've never heard, he's definitely from my own brain, but I would say that when I first got this audition, you know, in my email, I wrote back to my agent and it was a new agent. Um, so we were just starting to get to know each other and I wrote back to her. Um, so are we Bart Simpsoning this? Because I wasn't sure if I, you know, if they really wanted an adult playing a young kid or was I supposed to go with just a normal voice? You just never know. And I wasn't sure if I should be putting it on a lot or kind of just going with my own normal voice. Um, and so I was thinking 
Simpsons. I was thinking adults who play young kid characters and what can I do with my voice that makes it sound, um, I don't know, intriguing, but also I, I wouldn't say custard cookie. The third sounds exactly like a real boy. So I, I don't know. It came, I, it came to me how it came to me, <laughs> but I was thinking of the Simpsons and, and you know, how they come up, how they, how they voice their characters. Be- I asked because he's obviously royalty. And when you, we think about royalty, we think about, you know, regal characters and a regal sound. And I'm just wondering if that was the case with you. Um, I was thinking regal from, sorry, there's like banging happening upstairs in the apartment above. Um, I was thinking regal, but from a young kid's perspective of what regal is, if that makes sense. So yes, regal, but not regal from an adult's perspective, a, a regal from a, a child's perspective of, of what being a king means and what it brings. So he's a, a child pretending to be royalty? He's a child who really, really wants to be a royal. And he's emulating what he thinks it means to be a royal and an honorable king. That sounds like a pretty interesting character for, for, um, for something like this. I think my main thing with him is he's very earnest and he wants to do well and he wants to be liked and he wants to be loved. And so everything he does is big and boisterous and uh, with the intention of please love me and love me as you would your king, you know. And um, how long was the average session for that? Um, the first session was four hours. And then the subsequent sessions ran about one to three hours. Okay, so it's average video game session time. I, I kind of expected it to be like a lot shorter because it's a mobile game, but I guess it's it's the, it's the same with mobile games as well. Because you know, at the end of the day, they're video games, so yeah, they do talk a lot. The characters. Oh, there is so game. much dialogue. Surprisingly. Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue. It's, it's, I'm 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 grasping that maybe this is not your favorite video game. <laughs> No, it's it's so weird because I played it, you know, I played a little bit of it and like they went all out with this. Like I am shocked at how at how like from a design standpoint it looks really interesting. Like there's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of lore. Like a lot of effort was put into this. Mm-hmm. Into this. Yeah, they really did. I I think they did a really great job with it. This is my first video game too. I've done mainly TV animation. So um, this was a new venture for me. And I think like what, what caught my attention is like how insanely talented the English voice cast is. Like they mm-hmm. went all out with this and it's kind of shocking really. Cause you think of a lot of games that were, that had to unfortunately go non-union and then you look at this, and it's like, yeah, this is a union. This is a union game. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of shocking. Yeah, they. I think they really wanted to. I think they wanted to do a really good job with it. Not, not that I'm saying that non-union voice actors can't do a good job. I'm not saying that at all. I think we all 
we all bring a lot to the table and we all work our butts off. Um, but I think they really did put a lot into this project for sure. Especially, I don't know if you've seen the opening cutscene. It's really well animated. The opening flashback sequence. Um, I've seen uh, snippets of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Because I, I played it and it is really well done. <laughs> and um, Oh, that's good to hear. And it is, it is one of those things where I had to stop playing because I'm like, okay, I, I'm gonna get addicted to this. I'm, I'm. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's how they get you. Like it starts yeah. out, and it's like, oh, it's interesting enough, and then they start introducing all these elements, and you're like, okay, one more battle, one more battle, and then you, your phone almost dies out because it's almost out of battery. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's good to hear. I mean, I, I don't want you to get addicted to anything, but <laughs> it's nice to hear that. I mean, it's, I mean, because usually I'm not really into mobile games because I've played my fair share of mobile games and, and, and some of them were like, a lot of them are samey. Like it's, it's just, Hey, here's this thing you can waste your, your time, your time with. But I think what made, made this interesting compared to the other games I played is like, this is the the first game. I think uh, this is the first mobile game I've played where it has legitimate voice acting so it's not just text, and I think mm-hmm. that's great because it gives me a reason to not to, to to actually pay attention to the to the cutscenes instead of just okay here's here's a bunch of text, <laughs> and right? You don't right. Get, you don't get anything, like right? Uh, I mean, or or hate certain characters. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends. I mean, because um, I mean, I've only seen a couple of the characters and. There are some characters I'm not really too too fond of. I, I'm well, like... don't tell me if it's mine. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that he's classified as a healer, though. I, I honestly thought he would have been like a different class, but okay. I think know. they classify him as a healer because he brings um, lightness to each each endeavor. He brings a lightness and... Uh, I think they're they were going with like some sort of like kind of like a sense of comedy he'll bring you know when other characters are very serious in his head he's really serious and he means a lot but he's like that friend that you kind of like okay all right custard cookie you go on with your bad self you know like it's like I don't want to say he's the butt of the joke because he's not because he is loved but um He's just that character that kind of offers lightness, I feel like. It's weird that he is classified as a healer because one of the first characters you get in, 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 the, at the, in the at the start of the game is a wizard. And mm-hmm. you would assume that the wizard would be a healer character, but he isn't. Mm-hmm. So that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, they're messing with your head. There you go. And And again, it is like one of those games where I like the combat it's very fast paced it's not like typical slowish combat it's like you can rush through enemy encounters real quick and and uh yeah i mean it is it is an interesting game but like i said i'm kind of afraid of going back to it because i know i'm gonna waste so much time like (laughs) it Isn't that kind of the point, though? But that's kind of the point of gotcha games in general is that they introduce all these characters and they know you want them. They know you want mm-hmm. them all. So, you know, and the only way to get them is to play the game. So, right. 
you gotta end it and you end up farming currency and it, it's just gonna be a whole thing and i I don't, <laughs> I don't know how i'm gonna deal with it i'm just like dreading dreading that experience you get pulled in you get pulled in, and there are a lot of really fun characters honestly <laughs> so no, I was just sold on the cast alone. I mean, Patty McCormick is is the main villain. I mean, come on, that is just so surreal. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> the fact that this game got Patty McCormick, I'm like, okay, I'm sold. You you have me at that. I mean, I think they did their um, due diligence. I think they know what they're doing. And plus, I really like the character designs as well. Like, I, I will. Mm -hmm say that the art direction really looks nice and you know it's not you know they're none of them are ugly looking like all of them are really well done and they all stand out despite all of them being essentially gingerbread people i know <laughs> it's really such a strange concept isn't it <laughs> but it's fun and i agree i think they are all interesting looking characters uh who's your favorite out of the bunch I mean custard cookie, obviously. <laughs> that's my that's that's my boy. Really, because uh, I just love the fact that they have like dark, edgy characters, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I just mm -hmm. like coffee cookies, and they're they're all dressed like you know hot topic wannabes. Mm -hmm. It's it's. It is funny. something. It is something. Yeah, they 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 did a good job, I think. But custard cookie is always going to be my favorite. <laughs> Somebody's got to love custard. Come on now. I mean, he is like one of the first people you encounter. So yeah, <laughs> like I think yeah, I think him and uh, fire fire chili cookie are like the, one uh -huh. the first chili people. pepper. I yeah, think chili, chili pepper. pepper. <laughs> She's the first character you get, and he's the first character you encounter. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he's the first healer character you get. So like him or not, you're going to be stuck with him until you get like another healer that you can trade him out for. I mean, you're pretty much stuck with Custard Cookie. That's like his, that's his mojo. I mean, and he I'm likes not, to stick around. And I'm not going to lie, like, especially like in, in the early stages when you don't have a healer and you're like, oh, God, I hope none of my characters dies because it's it's very anxiety provoking because it's like oh no crap the, the wizard's not a healer what do you mean the wizard's not a healer <laughs> they got you <laughs> they hooked you and um out of all the out of all the stuff you've done for the game like are there any lines or interactions that are your favorite oh man um Oh God, I have to like go back and think through them. There's, I mean, I just, I just, there, there were a lot of them. Uh, you know, there was, there's one, I don't know if you got to it, um, where custard cookie, oh my God, what happened in the scene? There's this one scene that I thought was so funny because custard cookie thought that he was finally king and then somebody else comes in and custard cookie has to kind of like backtrack and be like oh yeah 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 oh yeah totally that's you that's you like that those are my favorite things that custard cookie does like because he's wrong a lot and then he has to backtrack and like oh oh yeah oh yes but no you 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 go ahead and do that you know i i i enjoy that i enjoy that aspect of his personality because he doesn't hold a grudge he just he just <laughs> 
you know, gives in and says, oh, of course, of course, let's go have some more fun. Um, you know, he actually, now that I'm thinking of it, he kind of reminds me, did you ever see the movie? This is now I'm going to age myself. You probably haven't even seen it, but stand by me. That is a weird comparison to make. Well, you don't know who I'm going to compare him to. Have you seen the stand by me movie? I've seen it, but I don't know which character you're going to compare him to because that, that, that is a weird comparison. He is Vern. Do you, do you know, remember who Vern, which one Vern is? Uh, I don't remember. Vern's the, the one that's always like, hey, guys, guys, no, wait, guys, come on. Wait, wait for me, guys. Hey, guys, wait. No, really, I saw a dead body. Like, he's the guy. He's always on the outskirts. He's always on the outside. And they're always the one who are really on the mission. And he's the one that's just really trying to fit in the whole time. That is a weird comparison to make. It's like, yeah, he's totally like the Vern from Stand By Me. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. Now, I was going to say, like, you mentioned him wanting to become king. I'm like, and the first thing that popped into my head is like, oh, he's like Simba from Lion King. Um, I suppose. See, I would, I find that one a little strange because um, <laughs> Simba uh, is very humble and <laughs> doesn't actually want to be king and fights against it, whereas Custard Cookie is like, I am your king from the start and wants to be the king and wants to be the king and wants and will not let up about it. So, I mean, everybody can have their own interpretations of, of how they see these characters. And I think that's the beauty of it. Well, I mean, kid Simba, like before Mufasa's death, like pre Mufasa's death, Simba, you know, is, is when he does the whole, yeah, I guess that song could be his theme song. I'm going to be a mighty king. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. I see that. Yeah, but no, it is an interesting character because, like, how do you bring, like, how do you make that performance real? Because at the end of the day, you're playing what is essentially, like I said, a gingerbread person. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of animation across the board. I mean, that's acting no matter what. I mean, I've played some interesting characters in my in my days, and no matter what you're given, no matter if you're a cookie or a, a boy with lobster hands, which I played once, um, you have to make it real, <laughs> you know? And I think that's, that's the beauty and the art of acting and bringing characters to life. And that's what I love to do so much. And um, were you given a, like, what was the direction like for, for cookie run? Like, did they, did they want it to be like um, a typical animation read or a typical video game read? Um, they didn't really, they didn't specify. I think they wanted it to be true to whatever I felt the character was. And I think that they probably went that, I'm assuming they went like that with all the actors, you know, give us your, your version of what is real for this character. And, and, and then we'll work with what you're giving us. They, they talked more about my every director I worked with talked more about his motivation and uh you know what he wants from every scene than they did give us uh give us a video game read i I don't think I ever heard anything like that actually I asked because there's a difference when you're recording for you know if you're doing like an animated series there's a specific type of way people talk in animated shows especially like a shows aimed at really young audience like a preschool audience like they they have that way of talking that's uh 
more friendly, more welcoming compared to, say, video games where it's more, like, somewhat realistic, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think really it's the, the character, it's character driven. So, um, and I think that they cast it smart. You know, they listened to what people brought and they put it together based on what each actor brought for each character. And then once it was put together, they didn't have to tell us, you know, what the overall sound was because each actor was doing their own character. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it, they put it all together first. Once they, once they casted the characters, we brought to it what, what they had already casted. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's um, it's the typical. Okay, here's what the character is, and we want your interpretation of what of of this character. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, it happens a lot when it comes to shows with like really big, like a lot uh, cast shows that have like uh, tons of characters, and they're constantly bringing in new characters, and that's how they do it. It's like, hey. Here's this lengthy bio of what this character is and what their motivations are, and we want you to create a voice based on this description. Like some yeah. some 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 uh, some pieces of media do that. Some pieces of media don't. Some pieces of media are just like a really general description of what they want, and some are like bio heavy. So I'm I'm well, guessing this was bio like a bio heavy uh, audition. Well, this is. This was, I got a little character description and then you get, you get the script, you get whatever sides they give you and you have to, you just decipher what the tone is, what the overall sound is based for me personally, I decipher it based on the script or the sides that I'm given. So I, I look at the dialogue, I, I look at what's happening and I have a vision in my head of how this dialogue goes and, and that's what I run with. And I get the job or I don't. Either I nail it or I don't. Um, but it's been that way for every every voiceover job I've booked. Like when I did Happy on the Sci-Fi Channel with Patton Oswalt, um, I literally, all they said was, you know, it's Bo Peep. Um, she's an imaginary character and she's a jaded Bo Peep. And then I had the sides and I literally, you know, the first, she was only supposed to be in one episode and they ended up, writing her in to more and then into the next season. But um, all I had to go by that first initial audition was she had two lines and they sent me a script. Uh, the sides only had four lines in them. So I had to just decipher what the overall tone was just from that. And that's everything I've gotten has been the same. It's been that same exact way. I decipher it from um, what they give me about the character and then what I see in the script. So it's basically like a puzzle. It's puzzle solving, really. Yeah, and sometimes you book it, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're right for it, sometimes not. And what would you say was your most challenging audition? My most challenging audition? They're all, I'd say they're all really challenging, honestly. They're all challenging. I look at each one as like a hill to be climbed. And sometimes it stresses me out, and sometimes, sometimes they, like, actually... Custard cookie clicked for me right away. I I didn't even have to take too many takes. I found the voice and I sent it in. So that clicked, um, like him or not. 
but uh, like Bo Peep, um, I worked a little harder on Bo Peep just to find this like jaded but sweet sound to t- try to mix the two. That one was a little more tough, that one. Um, and the Octonauts, that one was kind of like a redub from Europe. So that was pretty simple, actually. So I guess Bo Peep was was my challenging, the, the most challenging voice to find. And actually, I'd say all the ones I didn't book, those have been the most challenging. Because <laughs> I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't I didn't find the right voice. But the ones you didn't book are the ones that um, you you really don't think about too much because you didn't book it. I mean, that's oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Those are the ones you think about the most, the ones you didn't book, especially if it's one you really wanted. Like I, mean, I was up for a Bugs Bunny show and I really wanted it and I didn't get it. I think about it all the time. Those are the ones I think about the most. It, oh, well, yeah. Oh, it's weird. Like, you're not the first cookie run person I've had on here that auditioned for like a really big role and didn't get it. That's that's weird. <laughs> I mean, that's I think that's the actor's life. There you go. I mean, we have way more misses than hits. That's the actor's life for sure. When I had uh, the sorbet uh, shark cookies vo- mm-hmm. voice actress on here, mm-hmm. like she said, she um, she um, auditioned for Minnie Mouse, but didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a yeah. huge deal. Like that, that, oh man. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That there's was a lot a of those. One. <laughs> the, that, I mean, that happens to us a lot. That's one thing we all have in common is we submit. I mean, we, we give in a lot more auditions than we get, than we get um, rewards from. That's for sure. But that's the hustle. That's the game. I mean, you kind of have to keep moving forward because if you're yeah. just stuck thinking about like that one job you didn't book, you're not going to get anywhere in this business. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, it's it's a it's a hustle. You got to keep on keeping on. Do you do you find it hard to keep up sometimes with the changing landscape or is it easy for you? Um, no, it is challenging. It is challenging. Like for instance, my agents were just sent me an email telling me that the that it's trending more in the natural sound right now, which is like, okay, well, what, how does that, how do I translate that into me? Like, how do I, because a lot of times you'll get this direction that doesn't compute in your own brain. Like, can you do it smaller or can you, can you do it more natural? And in my head, I was doing it natural and it sounds natural to me. Right. So you have to kind of decipher what they mean when they say that. And sometimes you get a director who like you just get and you gel with each other and you understand his direction and it's like kumbaya and it's wonderful and we're vibing together. And then sometimes you have to decipher what they mean by things like, can you just make it smaller? Um, Okay. You know, so it's things like that that are very um, familiar in the voiceover world. Not as much in like live stage and stuff, which I've done too. But um, yeah, the voiceover world, sometimes the adjectives they use to describe what they want from your voice don't compute in your own head and you have to kind of decipher what they mean. Because saying something is smaller and bigger can mean a variety of things. Exactly, exactly. And when you're an actor and you're, you're coming from you're coming from the place of the motivation of the character telling me, can you make it smaller? Doesn't help me figure out what does that mean in terms of 
what he's motivated because what he's motivated for is going to be the way he says that says that line or she says that line. So I have to, I have to translate it in my head and figure out, Oh, you don't mean smaller. You mean, um, I, I don't even know. Like I, I, I don't have an example, but, um, I have to translate it into what the character's motivation is to change my head's through line of the character in order to give them what they want sometimes. And when you end up reading um, a script, do you, do you, um, like how many takes does it usually take you for, for a lot for lines? Like how, until you get it right. You mean like when I'm in the studio when I, I mean, when just, actually... just in general, like, you know, uh, like, how do you get the line to sound right? Because everyone has their own. When I'm first trying to find. Yeah. When I'm first trying to find the character, I'd say. Like three to five tries. Actually, there's one I'm trying to find right now, and I have already recorded about five tries and I haven't found it yet. Um, but that's one I'm just I'm trying to figure out what her voice is. Um, I'm trying to figure out who she is, but I don't know. I'd say 10, 10 tries, but sometimes it's two like custard cookie was two tries. It, it varies. And then once I have the character and I know them, then I could get them, you know, then I'm recording and, and it doesn't take that many tries at all because I know the character and they're in my body. So like, I take it you're one of those people who, once you find uh, your character, you don't need someone to play a reference because you already know what the character sounds like. No, I always need a reference when I go back because, <laughs> because you know, all of us, we have so many different voices we do, especially, you know, if you've been doing it a while and you've booked some gigs, um, I have to, you know, I might have like recorded five auditions that week with different voices and um, gone in for one of my other roles to record something. So when I go in, I always ask them to please play back what I did last time so I can just get him back in my body, get the pers- the character back in my body. And then once I hear it, it's, it's back right away. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I do like, I do like to hear the, the reference. Uh, anyway, we're almost uh, out of time now. Um mm-hmm. Is there, like, is there, like, because I know you do a, a podcast yourself, and I'm kind of wondering, mm-hmm. can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it's called If These Ovaries Could Talk, and it is a podcast. I do it with my co-host, Robin Hopkins, and um, it's a podcast all about LGBTQ families, how um, we create them, how we, um, how we how we plan them, how we create them, and how the families show up in a world that is not designed for them. And it's just, uh, it's like a, a story. So we interview different guests each week about their family. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's great. It's um, available wherever you can get your podcasts. And it's won the Podcast People's Choice Award two times. Um, it's doing well. And it's really fun. I love doing podcasts, don't you? <laughs> Aren't they just the best? <laughs> you don't sound earnest. <laughs> I love them. No, um, I, I, it, it, 
for me, it depends on the guests sometimes, because like sometimes I don't click with with everybody, and oh no, it creates this really awkward. <laughs> like, because I sometimes I re-listen to, like, has that ever happened to you where you re-listen to something you did like years ago and you're just like, ah, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> I mean, we're our worst critics. So yeah, I can go back and listen, you know, we're, we're in season eight. So there's a lot of seasons to go back and there's a lot of episodes to go back and critique myself on. So yeah, there's a little bit of that, but we also have to be able to put that aside and just say, you know what? People listened, people liked it and I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let it sit there and, and, and be, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, no one has ever sent me hate mail, so that's, I think that's a positive. <laughs> oh, that's good. We get some trolls because we're, you know, we're a gay podcast and there's, there's a lot of trolls out there against the gays, but, um, but for the most part, we get a lot of love mail, which is great. No, that, that's like, that is kind of breaks my heart. Cause I, I kind of wish like we could, you know, have these discussions without having to worry about trolls, but that's kind mm-hmm. of the problem with the They're internet. out there. You know, when you're behind a screen, you don't have to look at the person's face. The things that can come out of people's typewriters or their keyboards is, is, is baffling. It's crazy. I can't believe how cruel some people can be. And we actually haven't gotten that many trolls compared to other people we've spoken to. Um, but they're out there. Don't hate guys. Don't hate. I mean, if you can't say anything nice, just don't. Just don't bother. Right? right? Didn't we learn that when we were little? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, where can people find you online? Um, well, you can find my personal website is jamiekelton.com. That is J-A-I-M-I-E-K-E-L-T-O-N.com. That's my personal website, and I... I should pay more attention to it, but I don't. So then you can also check me out on social media. Um, my personal is Jamie Kelton, the same on all, all, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, which I just started, which I don't have much up there, but I'm going to do some more there. And then also my podcast is at Ovaries Talk, O-V-A-R-I-E-S-T-A-L-K. And that is across all platforms as well. And we put up some really fun content up there. So if you're interested in hearing about LGBTQ families, check it out. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Okay, great. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.